Hello and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. At the end of March 2011, Holly Albersworth was diagnosed with bilateral breast cancer. After her intense treatment, she thought she had beat it, but a second diagnosis came in 2013. From 2014 to February 2017, Holly was diagnosed with cancer five more times. For her seventh and final diagnosis, she had her left arm amputated. At this stage, no one would fault you for asking, how in the world is she still standing? But today, Holly is much more than a cancer survivor. Holly Albersworth is a child of God, a loving wife, an adored mother of two sons, a diligent student who is completing her master's degree in educational research and is living an active lifestyle as an amputee. In a moment, we will visit with Holly and hear her miraculous story. Welcome back to It Is Written Canada. Thank you for joining us here in Airdrie, Alberta, where we are visiting with Holly Albersworth, whose story from the first time we heard it, we have just repeated it to just about everyone we meet because it strengthens our faith so much. And I'm sure it'll do the same for you. So Holly, thank you so much for joining us on It Is Written Canada today. We're so glad that you are today with us. Thank you. I'm very happy to be here as well. So Holly, I wanted you to take us back a year before your first diagnosis. You had a traumatic experience. You want to tell us about that? Certainly. In April 2010, my sons and I were coming back to Airdrie on the QE2 and it had been a snowstorm. And uh, all of a sudden, my 15 year old son that was driving was driving in between vehicles going down the highway as fast as he could go. And I looked at him and said, what are you doing? And all he did was point behind us. And so I turned around and there was a jackknifing fuel tanker flying at us, just careening down the highway, hitting everything in its path. And just before it hit our vehicle, because we couldn't get away fast enough, um, the truck, our truck lurched ahead, just like a meter. And I'm so grateful because if that hadn't happened, my younger son who was sitting in the back seat of the quad cab would have been squished. And then it hit us and we went spinning and flying down the ditch, probably the length of a football field and, and we stopped and the dust settled. And the first thing my older son did was he turned around to my younger son and said, why were you yelling? And my younger son, frustrated, said, <laughs> said back, I wasn't yelling, I was praying. And I am so grateful in that moment of stress, in that time period that, that that was happening, that he had the confidence to reach out to God because of God, we're, we are, my family was alive. So what were the injuries that you sustained? I had a concussion and I didn't realize it at first, but 
I had screaming headaches. I had dizzy spells. I would try and read and I'd read for maybe 10 minutes and everything would be blurry. And during that time, I got so frustrated with myself. It was about December. Um, actually, I noticed that I had lumpy breasts. And so I was getting ready to go back to work. And so at one of those doctor's appointments, I said, you know, I think I need a mammogram. And so the doctor sent me to a ma for a mammogram. And then it just went from there. Mm -hmm. So Holly, do you think that the stress and all the traumatic experience that you had a year before had anything to do with your first diagnosis of your bilateral um, cancer? 100%. It is so important for us to control our thoughts and guard our thoughts. Because if we get under too much stress or things are too negative in our lives, our immune systems are affected very negatively. And so it's so important just to give our problems to God. Because even though things are happening in this world that we don't understand and things are confusing and stressful, we just need to trust that God has a plan. And that's why I love Romans 8, 28, you know, that everything happens for the good of those who love God, for those who are called to his purpose. And that's a verse that I cling to every day because every day things can happen and life is an adventure. So how many kind of treatments, what kind of treatments did you have uh, from the time that you were first diagnosed with breast cancer? From the time I met my oncologist, I was given a week before we started treatments. We did six months of very aggressive chemo. And then from there, I had a bilateral mastectomy and the lymph nodes removed. And after that, I had 25 rounds of radiation. So Holly, you've just had these intense treatments and everything's done with the treatments. And so you're thinking, I'm probably safe. After all those treatments, there's no way the cancer's coming back. But then in January of 2013, you start to feel these little lumps underneath your left armpit. Can you tell us what happened from there, Holly? Yes, I, I had said goodbye to cancer, but it didn't say goodbye to me. And so I went in to see, see the oncologist early January and they were marble sized lumps. And so I, I, said, I said to him, what is this? And he says, I don't know, but you need to see the surgeon again. And so then I, went to see my young surgeon and he said, you don't have an ultrasound. You need to go get an ultrasound and then come back and see me. And so it's a little bit of back and forth. And then finally he decided, yes, I need to do a biopsy. And then he booked me for surgery and a little bit of reconstruction. Um, after the surgery, I went to see him, the, um, the, the young surgeon again. And he said to me, you know, we didn't get all the cancer. You need to go right now to see to the medical oncologist's office, and he's gonna send you to see another surgeon. And so I went into the medical oncologist and he said to me, I needed to go meet Dr. Temple. He's experienced. And he, he, he says he may take you as a patient, but you have to go meet him. You need to run across the parking lot to the Women's Health Center and run quickly because he's waiting for you. And so I quickly went, went across and went, went up to the Women's Health Center in the area where the breast cancer clinic is there. And, and Dr. Temple was waiting for me and he saw me and he was wearing the goofiest hat I've ever seen. But he decided that I was a good candidate for another surgery. He decided that 
I had enough spunk in me that he wanted to continue my treatment. He, however, was leaving for, to go on a holiday to China for three weeks, and the surgery was going to be booked after that. In the meantime, I was sent to see a radiologist. And she told me that she was stopping all treatment altogether and that I had six months to live. And she wanted to take over my file and coach me through the next six months of palliative care. I was not happy. <laughs> and fortunately, I had an appointment with my plastic surgeon who was gonna do the reconstruction again the day after that. And she happened to be the daughter of Dr. Temple. And she said to me, don't listen to that radiologist. If there was no hope, my dad would not be doing surgery. And no one tells my dad what to do. And I loved it. I loved that there was someone with experience and, and that who wanted to stick up for me and continue my treatment. So hopeful. That's right, that's mm -hmm. right. And then, so I had that surgery and reconstruction and I thought things were going good. But then in 2014, as per my <laughs> pattern that continued, the cancer was back. And then in, again in 2015, it was back again. And so in, it, surgery, chemo, and then 2015, surgery, and then I started chemo again. And the oncologist that happened to see me one day said to me, I don't think this chemo is gonna work for you. And it kind of horrified me a little bit. And then I had an appointment to see another medical radiologist. And so I went to the Tom Baker Cancer Center to see him and, and he told me, you're gonna have a very painful and imminent death. And I was like, okay. I wasn't sure what to do with that. And so I went home and it was quiet and I prayed for a while and I started calling my friends from church. And they told me, Holly, you gotta go to Mexico. You gotta find a different perspective. You gotta find someone that'll actually help you. So Holly, on the good advice of your good friends, you go down to the San Aviv Cancer Treatment Center in Rosarito, Mexico. Tell us about that experience for you. It was wonderful. And it was a time for growth for me because I learned that um, my immune system was very important to beating cancer, just like any other infection. Your immune system is, is paramount. And so it's important to build your immune system, which includes positive thoughts and green juice and all kinds of healthy things that you can put into your body to reinforce and, and, and build up your immunity. Mm -hmm. So what did the doctors tell you down there? Oh, I remember my first meeting with Dr. Armini. She told, I was, I think I was shivering. Like I, I was just nervous. Like, 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 what is this doctor gonna tell me? I was nervous about what she was gonna say about my prognosis. Like, I just wanted, I wanted hope. I wanted some doctor to give me hope. And she said to me, stop running from the monster. And that was huge. Because being afraid, living in fear, lowers your immune system. And I had another doctor say to me, how old do you think you wanna to live to? And I kind of thought for a moment and I said, how about 88? And he said, that's a good goal, let's go for it. So Holly, how was this experience a turning point in your life? It was a mind shift because I kind of learned that I didn't have to listen to medical doctors, that there were things that I could do. Some things that we did down there were the hyperbaric oxygen therapy. I learned that chiropractic is very good for your immune system. And, and as well as 
we had a spa treatment every day. It was a wonderful experience with, with gourmet meals cooked at each meal and, uh, and someone doing my laundry <laughs> and living in a beautiful facility. So this was a very positive experience for you? Yes, it was a very good experience. To God be the glory.
Kelly, I'm sure you can agree with the first line of that song, to God be the glory, great things he has done, because he's done great things for you in your life. Amen. But the best is yet to come. What, what do you mean the best is yet to come? That's a long story. <laughs> I came back from Mexico, and again, I was diagnosed with another tumor, which, which I had surgery and they removed. Um, I think that's when they took my tricep, and so I had to relearn to use my arm again. And so then, of course, again, I had another chemo. And then in 2016, I once again was diagnosed with another tumor, and so I had surgery again. And then they gave me more chemo. <laughs> and uh, it was palliative chemo. And I had been, I'd spent a lot of time praying and begging God and saying, Lord, I know you can heal me right now. Why aren't you healing me? And one night I went to bed and I had a dream. And in that dream, an angel came to me and said, you're gonna have cancer one more time and then you'll be okay. And I sat up in bed, get back here. What does okay mean? I wanna know and God can heal me right now. I don't need to have cancer one more time. And that was in about November, as I said. And then January, I had my checkup. So they sent me for a CT scan and then the results come back and I went to see my medical oncology team. And they said, oh, such good news. There's no cancer to be found. Two or three weeks later, I started noticing that there was quite a bit of pain in my left shoulder. And so I thought, I better go see my surgeon. Maybe I just need some physiotherapy and that would be good, right? And so I went to see my surgeon and he pulled up the CT scan and I said, well, the radiologist said it was clean. And he says, yes, but if we actually look at the scan, look here. And he says, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. And he kind of told me that I needed to get my head around the fact that I may need an amputation. He wanted my husband to come to the next appointment because I had so many medical appointments that Ted didn't come to all of them because he, he needed to go to work or someone needed to go to work. And so the next week he came to see the surgeon with me as support and they gave me four choices. And the first choice was just to leave it and let the cancer progress and just live out my palliative life. The second choice was to do some surgery, take as much cancer as they could, but still leave the arm intact as much as they could. And then maybe there was some chemo. The third choice, I don't really remember, but it couldn't have been a good choice, otherwise I would have remembered. And the fourth choice was, he said, we're going to dust off the power tools and take your arm and your shoulder. And I looked over at my husband and he was looking very sad. And Dr. Temple, he was on sabbatical then, but he came into that appointment as well. So there was more than one surgeon there. And, and he pulled the Kleenex box out and handed me some Kleenex and said, don't be so tough. And I said, which one gives me the best chance? I want to live. And he said, the amputation. And so that's what we booked. The surgery for April 5th of 2017. Now you know that your arm is going to be removed. What was that like? Um, you know what? I just had the joy of being done with cancer. 
and the hope of being done with cancer. And I had the angel story still in the back of my mind one more time, and then I would be okay. Did you share that with anyone else? Not yet. Why not? <laughs> because I didn't want them to think I was crazy. <laughs> now I'm okay with it. Years later, I'm okay sharing that story because it's pretty remarkable. And the compassion that God had on me, allowing me to have that dream. Yeah. Because after you've had cancer and so many reoccurrences, every lump, bump, ache can send you into, into a, a tizzy yeah. because you don't know, is it back? Right. But I've got that dream. Yes. God's with me and he's taking care of me. So tell us about the amputation sur surgery. Ah, yes. I remember being wheeled into the operating room and the lights were super bright. And there were so many people. There was like a dozen people running around trying to get things ready because the surgery time had been bumped up. And the surgeon was talking to the anesthesiologist, and they were discussing things. And I perked up and I said, excuse me, but we need to pray and everyone froze. That busy, bustling operating room became silent. And the surgeon stopped and he looked at me and he said, do you want me to pray? And I said, no, I'll pray. And I so I prayed that God would guide those surgeon's hands and that through the glory of God, those margins would be clean, all and all the cancer would be gone and the surgery would go well. The PET scan that I'd had earlier indicated that cancer was in my shoulder and they thought my ribs as well. But after a seven hour surgery, I still had all my ribs. It was a miracle. Mm -hmm. And after that, they, I was in the hospital for nine days in recovery. Lots of family came to see me and, and church members as well. I remember one friend from church coming and she wanted to see the surgery where they'd done the incision. And I was like, really? She says, yes, I'm fascinated by those kinds of things. And so I showed her and she told me it was beautiful. And it ma still makes me kind of tear up because losing your arm is a little bit traumatic, even though it meant I was cancer free. I was so happy to walk away from cancer. But just to be told that an amputation is beautiful is a gift as well. Mm. Holly, I um, often wonder how you're a Christian. How did you cope through this whole journey? Like, how did God help you? Because you had cancer for seven times, and then the seventh and final time, you end up having an amputation. How, how, did, how did you cope through this cancer journey? Yeah, this was actually surgery eight. <laughs> but I, um, I held on to God with all my strength. Just like Jacob wrestled with the angel. Uh, that's how I envisioned myself wrestling with God. Or when, when, when the, the uh, lady with the flow of blood wanted to touch Christ's hem, I would beg, Lord, please just let me touch your hem because I know that I can be healed by you. And it's through the grace of God that I am alive today. And it's been years, it's been since 2017. And I just praise his holy name every day and thank him for that angel dream that said, one more time and then you'll be okay. I'm happy with that now. So I'm sure there's people wondering, what's it like for you, your lifestyle now as an amputee? Oh, um, things have changed a little bit. You know, I have to learn, learn to do things with one hand. But I was sent to the Calgary Pain Clinic because as an amputee, I have phantom pain. And um, 
It was there that I met with a kinesiologist that told me you need to start doing sprints and you need to, 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 to keep paying attention to what you're eating and, and, and getting enough sleep and taking care of yourself. And I always had done that kind of thing. And in fact, before my surgery, my oldest son, who's a power lifter, had got me doing squats and lunges because he said, mom, you need a strong core. It's, it's so important to be healthy, but running sprints actually increases your energy. And so I continued doing that. My youngest son has me doing movement exercises to, just to keep my hips moving, that sort of thing. And I, and I do my sprints and I still do my lunges and my squats. And because of the encouragement of, of my sons and the kinesiologist, I exercise three times a week and I continue doing that even with my amputation. And I even enjoy jumping on the trampoline still. Holly, I know that people going through chemotherapy often lose their hair. How many times did you lose your hair? I've been bald four times. And in fact, after my, after my amputation, I went to the medical oncology office to see the medical oncologist, just to see what he wanted to tell me. And, and he came into the room and, and he said, I'm really sorry, but there's no more chemo to give you. And I burst into tears. I just had tears flowing down my face. And he was an older guy and he came up and he was patting my back and saying, it's going to be okay. And I'm like, you don't understand. I'm so happy. I don't have to have chemo ever again. <laughs> it was a blessing actually. <laughs> So Holly, can you tell us how your husband and your sons related to your cancer? My husband's the rock. He supported me 100% through all of this and through all my treatments. And all of them held pu puke buckets for me. <laughs> I've had so much chemo and just have been, drove me to appointments and just been wonderful and prayed for me lots too. So it was a blessing. This is a long journey, six years. How long have you been cancer free now? since April 5th, 2017. That's a long time. Well, praise the Lord. Holly, it's been so wonderful having you here today, but unfortunately we've come to the end of this program. And so I wonder if you could please pray for us. Of course. Dear merciful Lord in heaven, thank you. Thank you for taking care of each of us. Thank you for loving us. And thank you for helping each of us through our journey. In Jesus name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much, Holly, for being prepared to share your journey of how God has been leading in your life. And it's really been a source of inspiration to us just to know and just to be with you and see how you're just a woman of prayer. Well, thank you for having me. Friends, the Bible promises us in James chapter 5, verse 15, that the prayer of faith shall save the sick. And in Holly's case, this certainly held true. However, you may have discovered that God does not always say yes to every request for healing. So our free offer for you today is Healing Prayer, which explains why God does not always say yes to every request for healing. To request today's offer, just log on to www.itiswrittencanada.ca. If you prefer, you may call toll-free at 1-888-CALL-IIW. And thank you for your prayer requests and your generous financial support. Before you go, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. And if you go to our website, you can see our latest programs, including our cooking demonstrations, our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living, and our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life.
We want you to experience the truth found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.